0: Thanks for joining us for The Whole Spectrum. I'm Katherine Parks, and I'm here with my husband Eric to talk about what it means, in the words of Francis Schaeffer, for the lordship of Christ to permeate the whole spectrum of life, and for us, our view of art in particular. We love to discuss the films we see from a Christian perspective, so we invite you to join us as we cover the whole spectrum of the movie world, from classics to independent films to blockbusters.
1: Hey guys, we're back after a bit of a long break, and this episode is going to be so great. If you have a family, it's going to be even greater. This is our 2017 2018 winter family movie episode. So, we've seen some fun family movies recently in the theater, uh, each with our kids. Yeah, with our kids. And uh, something I mean, that parents and kids, that constitutes a family, I guess. What do you think, Catherine? <laughs> Is that d- A-OK?
0: I love the looks that you give me when you're saying things. I know, and ridiculous. And just not sure. Uh, I mean, technically, a family can be all sorts of things, I suppose. But that's not what we're here to talk about. And personally, I think one of the movies that we're talking about isn't necessarily a family movie.
1: Okay, fair enough. I know uh, where you're going with this. And
0: other ones could be enjoyed by all sorts of people from different walks of life uh so we'll get into that okay um i think we're deeming this the first episode of season three three this is what we decided
1: yeah obviously
0: to because that's why we took such a long break yes we were just getting ready for the third season
1: it wasn't because we were lazy or there were boring movies in the theater for a while
0: no we were just storing it all up to get ready
1: with that said, let's jump right into... The first movie we saw with our kids recently was Coco from Pixar. And what did you think? I mean, this is the one you guys have probably seen previews for it if you haven't already seen the movie. But about a little kid in Mexico? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and <laughs> That's all, kind
0: of foundational. On,
1: all he wants to do is be a little guitar player or singer, just like his father. <laughs> <laughs> Granddad?
0: I can't. This is, let's just back it up here. Okay. Beep, beep, (laughs) beep. We know, because I'm pretty sure we've discussed this on the podcast before, that Eric is a little bit of a snob when it comes to animated feature films partic- not even really a snob this defies what? explanation i don't really understand you're one of the only people i know who doesn't enjoy pixar films
1: i don't not enjoy them mm, i'm just not
0: name one that you haven't fallen asleep in
1: bug's life <laughs> a bug's life <laughs> no.
0: what? 1997 like, you saw that when you were a kid that doesn't count yeah
1: true um so yeah so that's that's a disclaimer with most pixar movies i think they're good I'm just, you know, not a crazy big super fan. But Coco was, uh, it was fun, great animation. Um, story was good, sweet.
0: Which you don't remember.
1: How about Day of the Dead and stuff? <laughs> that was a little weird for me. Um, but I did appreciate the, the use of music. So they didn't just make a kid who liked to play music uh, and didn't, the, the musical portion didn't have a purpose. So I thought it served a good purpose, especially at the end. This really beautiful little song called Remember Me. Uh, and I don't want to spoil the ending, but I thought it worked really well. Uh, the kid learned some stuff. Parents learn, or the parents, grandparents, family learned some things along the way as well. Do you have anything to add to that?
0: I just thought it was visually stunning. I mean, the m- yes. movie is beautiful and super colorful Especially and Especially the afterlife,
1: afterlife portion. Yeah, the
0: Day of the Dead um, kind of city that they've built and constructed through animation is just incredible and so even if you don't appreciate the story which I really thought the story was great um, but just to kind of marvel at the animation was really fun and um, and the color of the culture I think was really neat and kind of appreciating because Disney they've just started this um, TV show about Elena of Avalor which is kind of a um latina princess but other than that they haven't really done a lot um of latino culture and so it was really neat to see that and uh to kind of see this piece of mexico and appreciate the music and
1: miguel that's his name miguel boom
0: and (laughs) there are some nice plot twists which was fun too and um unexpected things so but yeah i mean it's a little bit weird having Skeletons around but I felt like our kids got used to that really quickly and it didn't really bother them at all So yeah, so yeah, I I thought that was one of the better Pixar movies really? in recent years at least Fair enough, I mean yes. Pixar has kind of started doing all of these sequels yeah. and Monsters
1: uh, University Finding Dory just yeah, yeah. No, nothing as original as before
0: right and we've got Incredibles 2 and Toy Story 4 um, and so to see a new creative story from them, uh, and I, maybe this is the m- most recent one after Inside Out, or has there been one since?
1: Most recent original? Yeah. Uh, you might be right on that, um, because they did Cars 3. Yeah. Yeah, you might be onto something there.
0: So, it was neat to see. I mean, who knows, I don't know what direction Pixar is going in now with John Lasseter taking a leave of absence, and... Um, oh. some trouble there, so.
1: Sheesh, that's a whole other podcast too, isn't it?
0: That is. But this is a family um, episode, so. Yes, family friendly, friendly episode.
1: So these movies are typically going to be PG, maybe PG-13. So, overall, I thought it was good. You know, I'm just not gaga over it. You thought it was one of the better ones. So that's good. That's great. <laughs> Moving on.
0: Wait, did, but did you fall asleep?
1: Uh, I may have dozed once. <laughs> <I don't. laughs> that's because I'm heartless um next wonder this is the movie based on the book starring owen wilson julia roberts mandy patinkin and little jacob Tremblay. and this uh so our daughter had read the book recently and we saw that the reviews were good and this isn't a movie i would typically want to go see but the reviews are kind of what drew me to it and i as i get older i'm more into films that give me an emotional experience uh whereas when i was younger it was all well when i was really young it was all just explosions and john claude <laughs> van damme and fighting and killing
0: well not too young let's be clear here. fair
1: enough i wasn't allowed but then in college it became more of an intellectual exercise and i didn't watch movies i watched films and so i'm still kind of that snob but uh i've i've softened a little bit in my older years and having a family so watching Wonder, I think I was in tears at least a dozen times. (laughs) I don't think I'm exaggerating when I say that. And you didn't
0: fall asleep, so.
1: Correct, no, I thought that was was great. So, you wanna give a quick plot uh, synopsis on Wonder?
0: Yeah, so Wonder is the story of a family and uh, even friends of uh, August. And August is, um, oh, young boy who was born with several different medical issues and has had by the time he reaches middle school he's had um, something like 20 different surgeries and facial reconstruction and plastic surgery and all sorts of things and so because of these medical conditions he has been homeschooled up until this point by his mother played by Julia Roberts and the story centers around his first year going to school so he's entering middle school And um, so we get to see kind of how um, Augie does, but also how this affects his family and uh, other kids at school and his older sister. Um, And so it's just, it's hard to even really kind of categorize it. I mean, it's a coming of age story for him, but also a a really neat look at um, the lives of those around him affected by not only his medical condition, but just affected by who he is in his life
1: and i think that's what the story does really well like you're saying it's not just about the kid but it's also about the family especially the mother and father who are scared to death you know middle school is tough for any kid bullying happens there and it's just it's awkward awkward age Um, so for to watch the mother and father send their kid off for the first time not just a middle school but a kid who's got um, some severe deformities they're scared out of their mind but at the same time, they want to get him used to normal society so that perhaps he can flourish um, someday when he goes to college or gets a job. And to see the, the pain and nervousness and yet excitement on the parents' faces is is just part of the, the greatness of the story. Um, and a really interesting aspect, and I think you credit the writer, uh of the book rj Palacio, i think is the name but th- with uh, the sister the older sister and mm-hmm. the sister that kind of cuts back to when she was younger and she had wanted a baby brother and she got her wish uh, but her life has pretty much been put on hold or she's always been in the back seat as compared to her brother augie who it's always how's augie doing he's got some appointments he's got surgery so the girl, the teenage girl, never wants to burden her parents with any of her problems. So we kind of see the pain that she goes through in just um, putting herself always second or, or third or fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was a good aspect to see how other people deal with. with
0: well, I mean, it's, it is dealing with um Grief and with sacrifice and kind of loss of what you thought your life was going to be. And I think anyone who's cared for a loved one with um, cancer or some kind of um, disability, there's within that this kind of conflict, this internal conflict where you love this person so desperately uh, and we see that in the older sister. She loves her brother so much, but there's also this um, kind of brokenness and and the conflict within that is you almost end up feeling guiltier about the way that you feel um, because you know, oh, I should just do whatever and, and love this person and be willing to sacrifice and. Um, I think they handle that really well with her character and um, Mm. her relationship with not only him, but with friends at school and with her parents.
1: And it would have been really easy for the writer to make Augie uh, a character completely without flaws. And so we mostly Mm. just pity the boy and we feel sad for him and we want him to make friends. Uh, And yet the writer chose to give him... um, And i think the sister kind of calls him out on this but she says not everything is about you augie because when things don't go his way he gets really upset or when he's had a hard day at school he acts out he yells he runs away from the dinner table and uh yeah he gets called out for for making everything about him and it's true because the family has kind of made everything about him i think understandably so but i also appreciate that they give him that that one character flaw so that he's more relatable, we can Mm -hmm. understand, because we've all either had kids like that or been that kid where we just kind of think the world revolves around us. So I thought that was a good touch.
0: Yeah, he's Um, a kid, you know, for all of the other things that he's had going on in his life. He's a normal kid in a lot of ways, and um, I think that makes him relatable even for our kids watching Yeah, uh, because, you know, one of our kids wasn't sure how to feel about, um, you know, the movie trailer and, and kind of what the story was about. But instantly, they both really latched on and related to Augie and um, and to his family and to the kids at school. And I think they could very e- easily visualize themselves in that scenario or in that environment, uh, which made it really powerful. Yeah.
1: So I enjoyed it very much. It was a good uh, emotional experience for me. Um, so how would you rate the movie? Thumbs up, thumbs down? Obviously thumbs up, I know that.
0: Yeah, no, I thought it was great. I mean, we don't really have a consistent rating system here on this podcast. No. <laughs> but, thumbs uh, up, four stars? <laughs> yeah, I don't know, two, two thumbs up.
1: Yeah, I very much enjoyed it. I would highly recommend it to people, and I think it's good. I think it... Uh, can be a, can help stir empathy, mm-hmm. which is good, uh, and not just sympathy. Um, so, but that that idea that we talked about a minute ago about the the character flaw that kind of takes us into our final family-friendly movie that we recently saw. We want to talk about, and that's Star Wars: The Last Jedi. Most people have seen the trailer or seen the movie, or you know the plot. So there may be spoilers, but we'll probably we'll try to keep it um, somewhat spoiler free. And if we, if we start to go there, we'll try to let you know. But overall, what are your thoughts?
0: Uh, overall, I didn't love it and I wanted to love it. And I've questioned why I didn't a lot because I, I don't know why I felt like, I think the fact that you liked it more than I did really surprised me. And so Hmm. then I thought, oh, maybe I missed something or maybe it was, just because this really annoying guy in the theater kept checking his phone and opening bags of I don't know what <laughs> repeatedly for two and a half hours. Yeah, um, I didn't
1: hear any of that, sorry.
0: But it was also two and a half hours, plus mm, yes, it was long. a lot of previews. So I feel like that was just a struggle for me. It was a long movie, and it felt overly long to me.
1: But you just broke the hearts of 10 million nerds right there. <laughs>
0: No, because the nerds didn't like it either, which also (laughs) made me concerned that maybe I'm more of a nerd than I thought That is
1: interesting. Yeah, on Rotten Tomatoes, while the critics gave it a high score, I think it was up to 93 or 94%. And I haven't looked lately, but I think it's down to closer to 90%. But the user ratings, there was a massive um, disparage there with 50%, 40%, something like that. Some great chasm, as it were. So uh people just were not loving it as much as some of the others i i enjoyed it uh i don't know that i want to see it again anytime soon and i'm afraid the more that i think about it the more plot holes and <laughs> um <laughs> things that can't happen and shouldn't happen uh happen so i'm i you know i'm struggling more and more with it but after first viewing and that's kind of what i'm going with uh, i really did enjoy it like you said i thought it was over long um I don't like how they, they seem to have, in the first, the original three movies, they kind of wrote the the rules for what the force is and what it can do and what it can be. And then in this movie, they kind of expand those rules, which I'm not completely against that, but some of these things came out of left field. And so that took me back. And I think that made some, some super fans angry.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I had a good discussion going on Facebook, um, kind of helping me understand why some super fans did like it uh, and disagreed with these other uh, critics of it. Um, and so that was helpful for me to kind of realize some things that maybe I don't understand about the movie. And my cousin actually pointed out that in the prequels, uh, Anakin really struggles with kind of the constraints of being a Jedi and um, his ability to use the Force and what he could and couldn't do and kind of all the Jedi laws. And um, that you kind of see that in this movie where there's some of that old being thrown off Mm -hmm. and more freedom given. And and I don't know if that's the point that the director, Ryan Johnson, was making with allowing the Force to do some of these new things. I'm not sure. But it did, someone characterized it as um, being sort of a throwing off of kind of the um, established ways of doing things, throwing off of expectations, throwing Mm -hmm. off of some, you know, one character's more like self-centered focus and um, for Ray, you know, kind of coming to grips with her past in a way. And... And so it opens it up for the last episode to be basically anything it wants to be uh, or anything J.J. Abrams wants it to be. Um, But I do think that it makes a lot of sense for where we are in culture right now, this idea that, you know, everything that we thought we knew, we don't know, and... Well, um,
1: politically, yeah, you could, you could go there.
0: Yeah, and, and, and kind of throwing off convention in a lot of ways, and, um, you know, it's questioning a lot of things, which I think is, is maybe why people did struggle with it, uh, because there are things that you think that you've understood about the world of Star Wars, and Johnson's kind of turning some of that on its head.
1: So do you think this movie will withstand the test of time? Do you think people who are angry at the movie now will look back favorably 10 years from now, 15 years from now, and say the movie was okay because I see how they expanded the idea of the Force?
0: I think it all depends on the next next movie.
1: movie. Yeah, maybe so. Because I really enjoyed The Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. Uh, I enjoyed it certainly more than this, um, The Last Jedi. But again, like I said, I did enjoy this one.
0: Well, and I understand the criticism because The Force Awakens, when you break it down, I mean, it basically is –
1: yeah, a, 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 new hope. a remake
0: uh-huh. yeah, of A New Hope and uh, new characters but it's the same basic plot line um, yeah. so yeah I think the next movie will determine whether or not it was worth it to kind of tear everything apart in this one
1: yeah and we, uh, we could go probably pretty deep with this but let's keep it um, uh, fairly surface level but we've got some issues of uh, I, I felt like they were preaching a little bit in this movie whether it was with um, its anti-capitalist rant, a capitalism rant, and anti, or, uh, and then feminist um, uh, propaganda is not fair, but uh, feminist leanings, I guess. And so one, one problem I think you had had was the character of Ray, how she was kind of perfect, she had no flaws, mm-hmm. and maybe if I went back and watched, I could think of some or find some. But I, I tend to agree. I don't think she had a lot of. Um, you know, things she did bad, or, you know, she had things done to her. She had a troubled past, but it's not any of her actual sins or, or real weaknesses. And so that's what we we're talking about with the movie Wonder, that I'm glad the main character had something that made him relatable. And so, but when you're pushing, but if there is an agenda pushing feminism in this, then the character still, they could be the heroine of the movie, but they still need to be relatable.
0: Yes. I don't think it was um, overt feminism. I think so. And, and to your point about Ray, I think you could say that she was impulsive to her detriment um, and maybe has a bit of a savior complex. You know, she goes at one point and makes what could have turned out to be a really foolish decision um, to try to change the course of you know, destiny basically for the galaxy. And, um, and so I think you could say, you know, she's headstrong and she's a little foolish in some of those things, but it continually works out for her. So we don't necessarily see um, the consequences of that. But regarding feminism, I mean, I, I'm conflicted about this because I, I think one of the things that they were doing that Johnson was doing is breaking down the conventional idea from Star Wars of the hotshot hero. And that's been a man in every movie, pretty much. Um, Sometimes more than one. And even in The Force Awakens, we see that with Poe and Finn. and, um, And so I don't lament the loss of that in any way. I think it was really good to see some of that done away with and to see those characters learn a valuable lesson because that's not what manhood is. And that's not what we see in scripture about what manhood is, doing something for one's own glory or um, having this hero complex. Um, And uh, there's a really poignant line about that, about not um, fighting the things we hate but fighting to save the things we love or something along those lines. And so the motivation being love for what is good instead of uh, a desire for glory or um, selfishness or some of these things. And so I think that was good. Um, If Johnson chose to make that point and to kind of break that down by using strong female characters So be it. I do wish that the characters had been a little bit more balanced where you do see the women learning lessons, too. And Mm -hmm. I think that it lacked that, which, like you're saying, it doesn't make them fully human um, characters that we can relate to, which goes back to the podcast we did and my criticism of Wonder Woman. But maybe you felt like it was more overtly feminist than I did maybe you don't want to answer that question because you don't want to look like a jerk.
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I'd read something recently that, I mean, this guy was saying that it was just leftist feminist propaganda and talking about how awful it was. And I don't agree with everything he said, but, and, and maybe this guy is just lamenting uh, the fact that there is a change happening in our society and our culture
0: well, I think what what I struggle with about those lamentations is that what it sounds like is that there are people who want to keep this other version of manhood intact, and I don't think that that's something as Christians that we should say, "No, don't take away our you know macho yeah. um, hothead heroes. I mean, I've always been a Han Solo fan, but the guy is not a role model in any way, yeah. And um, even Luke just does a lot of foolish things. And, and I, I mean, I was looking at Titus in scripture and the description of the elder qualifications. And it's so many things about you know humility and self-control and um, not the version of manhood that we're seeing in so many of these superhero movies or this movie. And so to say, no, don't take away these masculine figures... It just seems a little bit weird to me because I don't think this is something that we necessarily have to protect. Yeah,
1: and and I agree with that. And I'm trying to put myself, take another example. So let's go with James Bond movies. They've had the formula that's worked for 50 years, 60 years, however long. And so if all of a sudden in the next James Bond movie, he goes up against the big bad boss guy. And instead of shooting him in the face or punching him, he says hey, let's sit and talk about our problems and let's work this out.
0: (laughs) It didn't happen in Star Wars though.
1: (laughs) Agreed, but I think you get the point that there would be, that maybe that's the better way. That's the more peaceful, loving way. Let's talk it out, let's settle our differences. It
0: just doesn't sell movie
1: tickets. Yes, um, but if all of a sudden something that's worked and been done for so, so many years, all of a sudden gets stripped away from the character we know, then that would cause me to (laughs) be a little bit sad because I've, you know, I've enjoyed the James Bond character even though he's, I you have. he's <laughs> uh, has no morals. <laughs> yeah, that always works so, out better
0: for James Bond than all the women
1: in his movies. But. Yeah, so that's a whole other discussion. <laughs> anyway, but uh, yes, yeah, so that would be a little, a little sad, um, and it would be different, and it would be a change, and change is not always easy for people to accept.
0: Yeah, which is probably how you sum up the reaction to this movie.
1: Yeah, and I think exactly, yeah, because of the things the force can do because of women taking a stronger role, uh, because of a lot of things, because of the comedy that sometimes felt out of left field. Now, I laughed at all the comedic moments, but some of them didn't feel like Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So Our um, kids
0: enjoyed it, our oh, son yeah. especially. So since we're talking about family films, yeah. um, he has actually seen it twice, unlike us. So it held up for him second time around. So has <laughs> our seven-year-old stamp of approval. Hey. Although, he didn't say it was the best movie ever, which is generally what he says every time he sees a new movie. So that's maybe true. I don't think he liked it as much as the Force Awakens either. So okay, there you go.
1: Well, that's it. Uh, those are three movies that were very interesting, very fun to see and talk about with our kids and interact with them
0: a little bit. And uh, let us know what you think about these films if you've seen them. Or our discussion is Eric way off on. All things Pixar, the answer is yes. (laughs) (laughs) And thanks for joining us.